You asked an incredible question that I've never answered before, but I will give you the answer, even though it's kind of embarrassing. And also, none of this is a flex. <laughs> My name is Jeremy Kirkland, and this is Blamo. Oh boy, we got the sneaker don, the tea collector, the comedy genius, Mr. Ben Schwartz. He's an actor, a comedian, a writer, a director, a producer, jeez. We get into Ben's origin in comedy, from his days in New York's comedy circuit to today. Or in his words, he's worked literally every day since October 2020. Ben also talks about collecting Air Jordans and his passion for vintage tees. Plus, we get an exclusive, never-before-heard story involving typewriters that you do not want to miss. It's Ben Schwartz on Blamo. Let's go. Gil is the nicest guy. Adam's super nice. The people, like, you want to pick the projects where you can be happy and be yourself and, you know. And also, we come from, like, you know, my parents are from the Southern Bronx and I'm, I'm more of a person that would hang around the crew than I am around, you know, the fancy places that the actors go. Well, I think, and, the, and this, is, this is what I was going to say, is, like, you, Gil, Adam, both of you, or all three of you guys come from come from a world where you really have to hustle and it's not like oh your parent was this director or your your dad was this or your um like i mean you i saw you guys at ucb back in the day i I lived in new york from uh oh four to 2020 i mean we relocated for covid that's literally oh four is when we started performing together you literally were there for our entire hot sauce career yeah, so I saw that. Um, this is a, a, a level of talent in an echelon that is still like totally underappreciated, totally misunderstood. Everyone thinks that it's really easy and you can, well, because there's no script. You just get up and you say whatever you want. And you're like, it. I did not understand how good it was until I remember I saw the Mantzoukas brothers, which was Jason Mantzoukas and Ed Herbstman. Oh, yeah, great. And I was like, Oh whoa! This is really good improv, and then you know, and then there was like, uh, like Connor Ratliff, um, who also he came Love on. Love Connor I, Ratliff. I am yeah. obsessed with. Con- Has he done this podcast? Yeah, yeah. Connor's done this. I. Love him. When I heard the first episode of Dead Eyes, which is sorry to talk about another podcast on your podcast. <laughs> you're when fine. I, when I heard that, he did one episode for Earwolf, mm-hmm. and then they, and then that was it. That was all I gave him. So I literally called Jake and Amir, who own Headgum. And I said, this is Connor. <laughs> you have to put his podcast on your network. And Jake goes, okay. And then I linked them up and Connor goes, thank you. <laughs> and that's and then he just started doing his podcast there. I just was like, it's too funny. He's so unique and he's so funny. I love rooting for those people. Those are the people, I, like, there's a gentleman named Jim Santangeli and Nate Smith. I think they're absolutely hilarious over there. And Connor's always one and Gillow's area is the one of all of them. Yeah. Um, that you just like, you know, you root for and hope that they get the success they deserve. But that, I mean, and that's you guys. And in full disclosure, too, Connor um, gave you mad props on your episode. He's like, oh, nice. this, he's like, because we talked about Dead Eyes a ton. And he was like, this would not happen if it wasn't for Ben Schwartz. He's oh. like, Ben made this entire thing happen. You know, it's so weird. Um, during the quarantine, there's this app called Marco Polo. Have you ever used it? <laughs> yeah. So I, by the way, I didn't find out it was like for like a 13, it's a 13 year old uh, app. I had like, it's made for children. I had no idea. <laughs> but what it is, is you send like videos to each other and, and I'm on set so much that I can't, I've been filming since October and I can't pick up my phone. And so it's like, 
it has been a godsend. It is the way that I have conversed. So Connor and I have talked almost every, I'll say probably three times a week on this app for this entire thing. And I was friendly with him before, but have become very good friends with him. And same with a bunch of people that that's the way that I'm able to converse. And it's like lovely because I don't have to check it right then. You know, if I don't have service, I can check it that night or the next day and we go back and forth. But Connor is that guy that I've talked to so much during this quarantine that I know so much about him now uh, because it was hard to like, it's such a nice way to connect and feel connected in a place that is so thrown, like we're all disoriented by not being able to see or touch each other. Yeah. And I, I think too, like all of you guys have a, represent a humor that is extremely transparent in your life in the sense mm. that like there's there are these kind of like different like levels of comedians or like branches of comedians into which a lot of times like where they would go to for their source was like much more transparent like connor's like i remember seeing improv shows of them and he was already referencing like you know be, being fired by tom hanks like that was like a bit you know that he would do and it was like no no, no this was his life and so yeah. you, it, I remember feeling weird at laughing at some of these things. I'm like, I don't want to laugh at a dude getting fired. But you're like, no, this is improv. It's funny. And then someone runs across and ends the scene, right? But it's just like it, it, you got to see that. And I think, you know, like you, Pally, Gil, like all, all those guys, like you all basically like slowly worked your way up into, you know, being the superstars you yeah. are now. There was nobody. I used to talk about it being like uh, wanting to be an astronaut. Like I didn't know any astronauts. I didn't like... I didn't know anybody in the industry. So even becoming a page, I was a page at Letterman was my first thing was me walking by Letterman's uh, whatever, um, them asking me if we want to be in the audience and then me hustling to become a page. And then UCB because the classes were too expensive, becoming an intern and then, you know what I mean, making, getting my free classes that way, then becoming a bartender so I can make some money while I'm doing it. And it's just, and I was freelancing jokes for Letterman. So I used to wake up at 6 a.m. every day, write my jokes before I was a page and then I became a page and then then I took classes. At, so like I, all I did was comedy uh, because we loved it so much. Man, I loved it. I still love it so much. But at the beginning, it's like you can't believe that you get to go out and make people laugh. And you're trying so hard to get better and try to get a crappy commercial. You're trying so hard to get a crappy commercial so you can pay your rent. Um, and those two, we found each other. when we When the three of us found each other, we were very, very close. But it was like, thank goodness. It was like, you know. It all just clicked all of a sudden. We all wanted to do the same thing and we all had similar versions of what we thought was funny and we had the best time. I often think about um, favorite moments in my life and the begin doing comedy at the beginning with those two guys is one of the highlights of everything. When I think about joy and think about like messing up and you know trying so hard to make people laugh and just laughing till we cry, that's that's it. You're you were around for us failing over and over again until we slowly got our voice and started to learn how to be a team. Damn. Like, and, but on that, like, how much do you think that understanding of um, fame and, and hustle has affected how you treat everyone else that you work with professionally? It's a great, it's a great thing. I think the, the biggest thing for me and probably for, maybe for Gil and Adam as well, is um, – my parents from the Southern Bronx and, you know, they worked their butts off as early as they could work. They worked. They didn't have any money. And then they had enough money where we were able to move to Northern uh, Bronx and Riverdale, which is, you know, very nice. Mm -hmm. And then we were middle class all of a sudden, which was uh, incredible. But 
their work ethic never stopped. So like I watched them and understood. So I was working illegally without working papers uh, before I was allowed to like, and, and then slowly then I worked at athlete's foot, which is one of the random things that I can, I was like, man, uh, <laughs> like I talked to Adam a little bit um, and I was like, I was like, man, I'm, I like, I feel like I know so little about fashion and I'm, call, I'm about to talk to you who's, who's dedicated their life to fashion. And I'm like, man, what am I going to talk about? I'm such a fucking dummy. But I, re- I like worked in the retail industry two years at Athlete's Foot. And I'm starting to learn how to do all this stuff. So I was like, I guess I can just listen. I'll just ask questions. <laughs> I'll listen a lot. <laughs> um, but so that hard work ethic was ingrained in me. So when I started to get jobs... I was asking questions and learning. I remember to bring it to, to fashion a little bit. My first regular job was uh, as a lead on a JJ Abrams and Josh Reem show called Undercovers. And uh, I'll never forget it. I went to it and I said to the person, I said, hey, this is my first one. Like, how can I? I literally asked, I said, what can I do that you guys would be happy if I did? What can I do to make your job easier? And she said, this is your first job. I'm going to tell you something. She goes, hang your clothes up when you're done. No actor does it. It's so annoying that we have to grab all your clothes. If you put them on the hanger, it makes so. And so from my very first job, I hang in every single job I do. Uh, either one of the wardrobe assistants or the wardrobe person comes up to me and is like, nobody does. It's these little things that if you help out and spend 10 more minutes in your trailer making it, whatever, it will help a different department and they'll be happier. And then they'll treat you even better. And you know what I mean? You'll. So that is l- literally one because of that work ethic and working as a camp counselor, then working at the athlete's foot and then like being an intern for places and being the person that always had to help other people out at, you know, Letterman, then at UCB, being that person that had to get the pizza, being the person that did the garbage and the recycling that you learned, you know, you're not above. I used to hate the phrase, sorry for rambling. I used to no, hate the please. phrase. Um, people, when I first got here, people would say like, uh, yeah, man, you got to be nice to those assistants because you never know. They may, they may become the CEO of, whatever warner brothers and i was like what are you talking about you're supposed to be nice to them because they're human beings (laughs) and everybody used to say that sentence when i first came here you never know that assistant may be the person that gives you a job i was like no you you're nice to them because i was an assistant and you know what i mean like that and all all that stuff i um i like adored uh my parents and i always like when i was a kid my dad was my hero, and it wasn't until I was older that I realized that not everything he says is correct. <laughs> I, because when, whenever, when we were in Riverdale and then when we moved to Westchester, when my friends had trouble with their family, they would talk to my dad. They would be like, oh. like they'd come over and be like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. And like, my dad would be the one that like helped people, and like, my dad would be the one that like helped fix cars of his friends whenever anybody had a problem, or he would go to their houses or apartments and try to help their like plumbing or whatever. He kind of knew how to do everything. So when I was a kid, I mean, even now, I talk to my dad uh, every single day. And I talk to my serious? mom every single day. I talk to my dad. And I talk to my mom probably three times a week. Um, I'm that's just not very... normal. But that's awesome. I know. And I didn't know that. And um, when I went to college, I realized that. <laughs> and in high school, you know, there are people who have terrible relationships with their parents, which is totally understandable. And sometimes if something happened at home, my, fr- my high school friends would come talk to my dad about it. And so like they, they, which I was like, oh, so this is like, to me, he's like the hero. But, but my friends in high school used to always make fun of me because, um, he'd be like, yeah, stay out till one in the morning, whatever. But then like, I would forget to do the garbage and he'd be like, what the fuck, Ben? What are you doing? Get the fuck out there. Like, and my dad will be, so my friends used to always make this bit. It's like, yeah, go out, do heroin. But if you don't fucking take out that garbage, I will absolutely. 
So it was a very funny, um, that was the bit, like I could go out till late. Um, I, I never, I've still never done drugs in my life because my dad never did drugs. Same. So why do you think you never did drugs? People ask me this all the time because we're in an industry where drugs are all around us always, uh, yeah. in your industry and in mine, always. Um, so why do you think you personally were like, it's not for me? Uh, I mean, so I'm, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri and you know, there's all sorts of stuff around here and there's a lot home of to like, Wash U, home to Washington university. Hey, yeah. Big flex. Where, where hold on. Where's the Wash U connection from? I, it was my number one school that I got waitlisted on. <laughs> really? Well, you <laughs> didn't, didn't miss much. Um, oh, it seemed like beautiful to me for some reason. I'd never been that far away from home. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. You, uh, you, you didn't miss too much. It's St. Louis is a great city. No, no shots against St. Louis, except mm-hmm, I just ripped mm-hmm. on the school. Um, And they were all doing, so all my buddies were doing stuff. And I was like, you know, I was like playing guitar in youth group. And I was like trying to play shows and writing songs that I thought were really like, I don't know if you ever have this, but like you ever go back and look at like creative material that you made. And you know exactly what you're going to say. And I was like, I was such a fucking idiot. I was like, I wrote a song that I thought was super, super smart. And it was basically just like the Iliad and the Odyssey and I wrote a song called I'm King Priam and like all these things I thought I was so fucking cool <laughs> I did uh, like when we look when I look back at old uh, Hot Sauce stuff which is that group with Adam and Gil yeah. like when we were doing it we got like invited to the Montreal Comedy Festival and I was like man we're doing we're playing it so real and then I look back at the sketch and it's us being like three Fozzie Bears being like waka 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 and like all of our movements are so broad because we're so excited to be doing comedy for the first time. And then like you learn as you get older to like you can you can be funny and you don't have to be like, you know, Ace Ventura every time. You know, you can also be the number 23 or Truman Show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like so you kind of like learn to play with those levels. And it's being confident enough in your comedy and being confident enough in not narcissism, but being confident enough on stage that you could kind of like play different levels as opposed to whatever. And I remember I watched an old sketch of ours from a long time ago that was like our biggest sketch. And um, it was, we're huge, we're huge in it. Um, and I felt that, I was like, oh man, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, it's 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 gnarly. Um, by the way, I hope you're realizing that the show might be about fashion, but no one ever talks about fashion. I'm it's, down for everything. I'm so happy how kind you are. I could talk to you for a very long time. Well, I could be very happy and comfortable for... As long as I have until the next thing. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the generosity there. Um, I am also ready to be challenged and talk about fashion because in my entire career, no, I've, nobody's ever asked me anything. So exactly. I don't even know how I would answer things. And my understanding is someone like you would have questions that would find answers in my dumb brain uh, that you could use to turn into smarter sentences. <laughs> yeah, wait, so am I going to punch up? Ben Schwartz? <laughs> You're going to find a way to get answers that make me sound like I know about fashion when I clearly do not. I know I know the things I like and whatever, but... There you go. Um, Welcome to fashion. You yeah, do realize that is the point of it. It's just having a stronger opinion. That's true. <laughs> is that, I guess that's kind of like art also. Any, for, any form of uh, art, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, fashion... I mean, look, this is fashion. I didn't, even, I didn't even plan this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw. I saw you got that. I pointed the, to the a Puma. naked picture of Jeremy, by the way. <laughs> For people that are just listening to the podcast, I said, this is fashion. It's a naked picture of Jeremy with the American flag on the cock. <laughs> this is true. That was, that was my a moment. Patriot, a patriot. Um, right, so you didn't get into drugs because the idea what you were saying about high school and watching your friends, I had that too. I was a nerd. I was in chorus and in madrigals and in all county chorus. I did all the nerdy ones. I was very high voice. I was like a soprano for a while before my voice dropped. And 
one of my best friends, we, we had to go to something for a show, right? I forget mm-hmm. where it was. I feel like it was Disney World or somewhere near Disney or something like that. And uh, he took acid and like did all these like drugs that I would never do. And I got to watch him do it. And I think say the things that if you like nowadays, if you Googled like acid, like he'd be like, oh, the walls are breathing. And now like every article about acid says that's what happens. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I think this guy just heard from his brother what happens when you take oh, acid. he's faking it. Uh, no, no, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he oh. wasn't. But I feel like when you kind of in your head know like this is the stuff that's like if you take this drug, this is what happens. He was saying those. But I watched um, my friends smoke a bunch of weed and do those type of drugs. And I was like, ah, not not for me. I don't, I just, I was so afraid it would lead to something bad too. I was afraid that I'd love it. And I was afraid that it would lead to something bad that I was like, I don't need it. I'm trying alcohol. Alcohol is fun. I'll do that. And so that's, that was, and my dad didn't do it. My dad had never done drugs. So I was like, hey, my dad didn't do it. I won't do it. I didn't have my first drink until <laughs> I was at Dave and Buster's in Times Square at age 21. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember what it was? What was your first drink? Yeah, I had a Newcastle, which is still probably my favorite beer. Yeah, um, Newcastle sponsor the pod. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I can't wait for you to get like a big Newcastle or Smithics or a Guinness. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it would be very funny if you were also sponsored by Designer Drugs. If oh, like afterwards, man, you're so like, <laughs> like, sorry, I have to do this ad. Uh, Molly, try Molly. It really messes you up. Anyway, <laughs> um, you guys see these new culottes? <laughs> um, so I went through about maybe about 60 hours of Ben Schwartz interviews. Most of, I've, you know, it's funny because my wife was like, she's a huge, Sorry, huge can you say it like Borat? If you're going to say my wife, can you just say like Borat for me? <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. Hold there's on. no reason. I, there's literally no reason for you to my, say it normally. My wife. Thank you. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> um, when I was talking to my wife and I was telling her about, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to talk to Ben Schwartz. And she was like, I listen to every year his comedy bang bang. You have to listen to it. It's the best things ever. And like, I would always listen to comedy bang bang and get really frustrated because everyone was always in character. And I was waiting for someone to have their like Terry gross moment and be like, (laughs) by the way, you know, I wish I had a better relationship with my dad, you know, or some sort. (laughs) And I'm like, damn it. They're still in character. And so I like dug deeper and deeper. And next thing you know, go through the Marin interview, go through all these things. And I was like, oh, oh my wow. God, this is great. No one's, I was like, he's never talked about fashion. But, in, my li- in my life. But you're a huge Jordan collector. I love Jordans. And I, but these are the things that I love. These are the things that I hunt. I, I like collecting things. Like I have a wall here that's like anything I've ever done, I take a prop from. Oh. So like everything like, but like everything, Parks and Rec, Entertainment 720. I got a whole bunch of Entertainment 720 stuff and I have a, uh, House a lot. Everything I've done, DuckTales, I take, I try to take something because I like uh, collecting stuff. So for me, I collect animation cells. And the other thing Ooh. I like to find is vintage, t- vintage t-shirts. And that is the one thing I can actually talk about and know a little bit about. But for me, I'm not wearing one now, but for me, it was like, it started with like trying to find those old Disney shirts because I loved them. I thought they were so cool. And then it was like, oh my God, you can get a Stevie Wonder tour shirt from when he was touring for whatever. And, but those are like so when I when I spend too much money on on something, I become too precious about it. Do you know what I mean? And mm. then and then I'm not wearing it like I want to wear it. Like when I buy Jordans, I wear them. I don't I don't. There are people that wear them and then put them in like a nice box for a while. Do you get one to stock, one to rock? No, I always get one, and then I always regret it. I had the I had the black cements, the three black cements, and I love them so much. And I got them off of something for regular price. 
and then um, they're, I, they're dead. I mean, they are dead. There's holes in the back because I wore them every day for years, two years. And so then I had the NYX colorway for the threes. But I'm a size 13 and 13 sneakers don't – you can get the same exact sneaker in a 13 – the same exact one in 13 and one will feel different than the other, mm-hmm. um, which I know happens in some of them. But the bigger the shoe gets – when I was working at Athlete's Foot, I started to realize that the bigger the shoe gets, the harder that – it's going to feel exactly like you want it to feel. But the threes to me are the most comfortable ones. So for me, those Jordans are really fun. And then uh, vintage t-shirts that have like a design that reminds me of something about my youth or, or something like that. I love those. So I have like, you know, 20 shirts. But then the store I used to go to got too popular. And now all the Where'd shirts you go used around to be. To? No, there's this place that you go on Instagram. <laughs> you go on Instagram and you have to DM them. And then they open up the store for you. It's a very like she she whatever um do you go as your as your real handle like do you flex the ben schwartz card well the only way to dm people is through using your i don't have like a private thingy really Um, you don't have a finsta no what is a finsta what does that mean a finsta fake instagram yeah it's like you're you know there's like john mayer has like four finstas is that true what does he do with them what do you do with them just do your thing (laughs) oh so people don't know i'm i I, uh i'm on twitter a lot and because I'm on Twitter a lot, I don't go on Instagram a lot because I can't be addicted to two things. I can't. Um, Twitter already <laughs> wastes way too much of my time. It's a yeah. trap. It is a true trap. Um, but so you go, the way I found out about them is like um, one of my friends told me about them and I used to look at their shirts and then I'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Do you mind if I come in and, and look at it? And, you know, it sounds nicer than it is, but it used to be just a really crappy little apartment that they had their stuff in. You walk to the back. I'd bring my friends so they can come and whatever. But it wasn't like special for me. Anybody who wanted, because they were not well known, but they got very popular through time. And now they opened this great space and I was so proud of them and it was so cool. I was like, what a cool thing. And they priced me out of their shirts. I was like, oh, I'm not going to spend $400 on a t-shirt. I was going to say, that's the going rate now is $400. Yes. So it used to be 80 to 120 which is like, all right, this is fine. You know what I mean? I'm going to wear it all the time. It's going to be great. Now it's like 400 for the same ex- – I mean like I bought one of the shirts they have and it's just – I think the the world has uh, caught on to like how fun and cool – like it's almost like card collecting in a way. And so like they just priced me out where I can't I can't buy like a shirt that says Doug on it and be like <laughs> – and be like – I mean I want that shirt. Trust me. I want that Nutty Professor shirt but like uh, <laughs> there's a bunch that I was like, oh man. But they're so expensive that sometimes I get nervous about – grabbing them i i still have the mindset that i don't have any money just because that's kind of like whenever you're hustling at the beginning you're just like you don't have it so like so uh, it, it, i'm not great at spending money unless it's like for food love to spend money on food and love to travel so you go to air one some, uh no there's a there's a <laughs> supermarket that's a little bit more expensive that we go to um but yeah so the those vintage shirts i got a great donald duck one mm. um, but the real trick is trying to find the people that find the shirts for those companies that's how you fucking win. Like if you, and I truly, and it's my favorite thing. Um, so like I can show you that downstairs. I can bring my pile up and it's so exciting and fun for me. It's like showing my uh, animation cells. You know, it's like, look at this that I have and this that I have. I wanted and- those so bad because there was a Warner Brothers store went like at the St. Louis Galleria, which is this mall that I would go to. And I was super into Batman, the animated series. Just oh, like- I'll send you a link. When you email me, I'll email you where to get animation cells. Okay. I'm so tired of, uh, well, I like record, I do a lot of um, voiceover work. So downstairs I have like, I mean, it's very janky. It's in my closet. 
and it's like you know i have like a a uh not a curtain like a comforter on a little stand behind me but i have a nice mic and all that stuff so um but we're just rolling through uh thingy so i was just up here i apologize but um i don't remember what i was talking about it was probably about your molly addiction we're talking about shoes and your collection of vintage shirts and how you refuse to spend over $400 for a vintage shirt. Even <laughs> But man, if some, oh, this is a perfect example. Doing well. Okay. And I'm going to get better at this. I know I'm going to get better at this. It's me not being good at, I, I'm better at spending money on other people than I am myself. I bought my dad a computer the other day. And for me, it would take me like three years to buy a computer, so whatever. But I'm good at buying things for other people. But um, Good for you. Yeah, that's uh, for some reason for myself. I don't know. There's must be. I got to talk to my therapist about it, I guess. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> um, this is a perfect example. So we're doing this tour right now. Uh, okay. I mean, not for this. This is just for us because you're a good dude. But it's like um, for Floor and Ulysses, which is a movie coming out today. And it's a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. And I like Disney stuff. And I like Disney uh, whatever. And Gucci has a Disney line, which I found out because I have a stylist who's lovely. And anytime I can look out for this stuff. Uh, her name is Sonia Young, but she's she's lovely, and I'm happy cool. that I get to chat about awesome. her because she like you know she'll get me this jacket and stuff like that. But um, and the best part is like uh, I can give her money during quarantine because all she does is she'll send me like a box, and then like she'll be in her car, I'll put something on, she goes great, I go all right, take care, and like she's just cool, <laughs> and I trust her because I'm not, I know I'm not smart enough to pick out, I'd pick out the same three things I have, but so she sent mm-hmm. me this shirt. Um, that had like Mickey in it or whatever or something. And I was like, well, this is, what is this? She's like, oh, there's a line. Gucci makes a Disney line. And I go, are you kidding me? And then I found, um, I literally played Dewey and DuckTales. And there's one that yeah. has Huey, Dewey, and Louie as the old versions of themselves in a line. And it's so cool. And it doesn't scream Gucci, which I feel uncomfortable if like the brand is being screamed somewhere on my shirt. It doesn't do any of that. And I loved it so much, but it was $1,700. And I was like, oh, I can't. I can't. But I know people who do. And, I, and I'll even see people with it. I'll be like, that's so cool. I'll admire it. I'll be like, oh, that's amazing. And I'll feel a little jealous that I didn't do it. But like, it was too expensive for me to purchase, even with, her, with, even with her, whatever discount she gets. And, um, uh, you know, Gucci's not going to give me anything for free, <laughs> for free. So it's like, but that's a perfect example. I thought that item was gorgeous. And I was like, this is great. And I'm doing press for Disney so I could wear it and I'm allowed to. And, they, you know, because it's like it's trademarked by the company that I'm doing stuff for. And I got real excited about it. I even found like this red Donald one. I love them both. You got to get the tracksuits. Is there a tracksuit? Don't. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's just too much of a trap. It's too, you just you just fall down a hole of there's so this is, gorgeous. This is why clothes are the the best and the worst thing of all time because it's just fun things to buy. And when you're in quarantine, you're just looking for that. This is yeah, a white shirt. This. Jeremy, do you know this? I shouldn't talk about brands. Is it bad to talk about brands? You can say anything you want. So Sonia, who's lovely, uh, just sometimes will just give me a white shirt. And this one, I don't know what brand it is, but it says AG on it. Okay. I don't know what it is. It's the softest shirt in the world. And I used to always make fun of people and like, yeah, this this white shirt costs $200. I was like, it's a white shirt. This is the most comfortable shirt I've ever worn in my life. Um, and she just, and so I was like, this is crazy. I, I You get it because with that, with that like, with the, the money, you know, you're hoping that you're getting quality, not just getting like a name that Sonic, we got to have fun. And also she's taking care of me. Like, you know, if they don't pay a lot, she'll still take care. That's like the people that I like to surround. She's, she's lovely. So, um, she does me, she does Joe Keery from Stranger Things. And, um, uh, she's just like a down to earth kind person that tries to make me take bigger swings. And oftentimes I'll, I'll be nervous. And then like this isn't, but like other things, like the last thing I did, I had this like 
shirt that looked like it had paint splatters on it and never in a million years would I ever wear it. But I was like, you know what? I, I look the same in every interview. So that one, I wore that and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm happy. So I'm like starting to learn how to take risks a little bit more. Well, and I mean, if anything, if, if I was, would make any form of criticism, you're like very much established now. You don't have to, you're not a like character. You are the character. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're not snap famous. You, you're, you're what real does snap famous. famous mean? Oh my God, that's great. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? I don't that's th- a Kevin Hart reference, by the way. Kevin Hart was the one who created Snap Famous. Into which, I love like, that. who are you? Who are you? And they're snapping. Well, so no, no, I'm also still me. the guy that uh, uh, I, I don't see myself like that. You're very kind. Uh, I don't see myself like that. But there's a when I first started, one of my favorite things ever was I was walking down Manhattan, and one of my favorite things uh, I, I was already been in L.A. Probably been in a couple things like House of Lies and Parks and House of Lies, a show with Cheadle and Kristen Bell on Showtime back in the day, and. Oh, yeah. Which had a great wardrobe person on it. We had the best suits. I was always in Hugo Boss or Paul Smith, which I love a Paul Smith suit. Um, so we're, so I'm walking down. One of my favorite things about being in Manhattan is walking and having earphones in and listening to music and like feeling like I'm in my own little movie. I could walk, you know, the, the length of Manhattan if I had the right hip hop and R&B soundtrack in my ears. And so I'm walking and a guy looks at me and he's got headphones in and, and he goes like this. He goes, ah! TV and then keeps moving. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's about right. You know that you've seen me somewhere, but you don't know who I am exactly. So I think I yeah. probably am this a little bit. Or they'll be like community, right? Or the office. Like they're close. They're almost where I've been, but they haven't quite been where I've been. Um, yeah, because, well, that's the thing. Like you, especially with like Parks and Rec, those are shows that people have on as like, like before they go to bed every night. Like that's, yeah. that's like millennial cheers. In a lot of ways. It's a great line. Yeah. And also, yeah, it's, it's like, like uh, it's kid-friendly. So, like, a bunch of my friends' kids are now, like, uh, they're like, hey, my kid wants to FaceTime me real quick just to ask you a question. And I was like, oh, this is crazy that, like, 11-year-olds and 12-year-olds are watching this show. Um, and it makes sense because it's on NBC, I guess, and it's not – there's no curse words in it. And the parents have already watched the episode, so if there's something weird, they can say something. So, um, you're right. It is a very digestible – because Amy, it's such a positive and female-friendly show and, like – so positive she just wants everything to go well and she wants to work her butt off that it's you know it's not like you're watching dexter uh which is very dark uh well and you tend to play characters who people like only want to root for i try to make anytime that that's one of the things i try to do if i get like john ralphio on the page isn't very endearing but i was like if i play him like he thinks he's nailing it he's trying his best and he every time he's doing something even when the audience knows that's a mistake, he thinks he just crushed it. I was like, that's endear. I want you to like him. You think he's kind of a douche, but also like like him. And I try to do that with a, a bunch of my characters um, because I think that's what it is. Nobody ever thinks they're not trying to be a douchebag, um, uh, you know, or, you know, they don't. A lot of times people don't think they're being a douchebag. They think they're nailing it. And I love playing that that arrogant idiot. I really like playing. Um, yeah. But then I played it too much and I took a, I took a piece away. And then we're, we just did this show, um, I think you talk about it, this show called The After Party. It's the thing I've been filming since October. We just wrapped two days ago. And um, it's like the, it's Lord and Miller, Chris Miller is directing all the episodes. It's a murder mystery. Every funny person in the world is in it. It's Tiffany Haddish, John Early, me, Ike Barinholtz, Sam Richardson, Zoe Chow. Um, uh, please That's a murderer's row you're, oh, you're listening off crazy. right now. It's crazy. Alana Glazer from Broad City and UCB. 
And um, it's just, it's, it's, it's ludicrous how many great people are in it. And um, I get to play kind of an out there, like a fun, like really excitable type character again. And it was so fun. Chris Miller is a genius. Uh, it was one of my favorite things I've ever filmed. So whenever it comes out on Apple, that'll be exciting. Damn, man, Apple is really just going to town with their war chest. Man, they are. I mean, they're going for it. Like, to get that cast, my assumption is those people cost a lot of money. <laughs> so yeah. it's they're, they're going for it, and they struck gold. I mean, Lord and Miller are geniuses, So, but the show is so – it was so fun to do. Um, I'm very excited for that one to come out. And it's also me. Like, I just did a children's one, and this one is very much not a children's one. <laughs> so it's, it's fun to keep going back and forth. That's awesome. Are you, what have you been watching in quarantine? Like, because I know a lot of people are like, "Hey, I'm going to start watching The Wire." <laughs> I did gonna... start watching The Wire. <laughs> okay, I finished it. Uh, loved and? it. It was incredible. Incredible. First season was it started a little slow, and then it just was like incredible. A lot of people don't like season two. The doc season is just. A... I like the doc season, especially the wow. second half of the second season. I thought second take. half of the second season is starting when it starts to like okay. Um, what else did we watch? We watched Larry Sanders' show from the beginning, which um, I was very close with Gary when he was alive. So we we watched oh. we rewatched that. We watched so many movies. I used to I was asking people that I worked with to put together lists of their favorite movies, and I got a list of hundreds of movies. And so I started watching all the old ones, like Taking the Pelham One Two Three with Mathau and stuff like that. And it was amazing. And then we did feel good movies, and we'd watch Jurassic Park, then we watched Sister Act. Um, oh, before I was yeah. acting every day, uh, in, uh, starting from October, it was a lot of watching, like a lot of, a lot of every night it, it was something, um, cause it was like fun and it like, you know, you're consuming entertainment and, um, <laughs> do you know, it's so funny. Maybe you went through this in St. Louis. When I was in New York, I had no money. When I was living in Manhattan, it was me, Gil and Adam. Like I would eat Wendy's almost every night or pizza. I get a plain piece of pizza, then put all the like. The peppers and oh, stuff yeah. to make it feel not plain. <laughs> like I found my sandwich. It was a teriyaki. It was a chicken sandwich with teriyaki and hot sauce with a slice of cheese on it. And that was what I would eat. And I get a bag of chips. So I would learn how to do everything under 10 bucks. Um, and then um, had a little bit of success when I moved to LA. Started to make a little bit of money. And would have to go to New York all the time. Whether to visit my family or for work, work or press. And I would go down there and someone's like, you're from New York, right? I was like, yeah. I was here for 21 years of my life before, you know, uh, you know whatever. More than that. 20, I moved here in 2009, so 28 years of my life. They go, Damn. oh, we're looking for a great place to eat. Where do you want to eat? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know any of the nice, I don't know any of the nice places. Yeah. I didn't know any of the nice places. And I was so embarrassed. They would name like, what about this and this and this? Was and this a stranger that asked you? No, it'd be like a friend or like, hey, okay. where do you want to go eat? Now that we're adults, where do you want to go eat? And I was like, I have no idea. Or someone You're would like, be with me dog? on the tour. <laughs> exactly. Like I'd do House of Lies in New York and someone would be like, well, where do you, where's the places that you went? I was like, you don't want to, you don't, you don't have to go to those places. Oh, we went to Mamoons a yeah. lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like literally, Cripstock is literally a place we went to all the time, all the time. Yeah, of course. And that was an expensive hot dog. It was, especially because yeah. you need to get, get like three or four of those. And yes. next thing you know, you're in like 18, 20 bucks. 100%. And you're going to have diarrhea for the next three days. Um, yep. But so it's like, it was so funny. I remember that. Do you have that feeling in St. Louis where it's like, now that you're an adult, you don't really know those places. You have to relearn any of those yeah. things. Yeah. Well, and plus, like my, you know, of course, everyone that that never left wants to tell you how amazing it is and how this is like, Jeremy, I don't know if you know this, but St. Louis is the cultural culinary hotspot. And I'm like, 
Okay. I'm like, I'm sure it is. And it's like a lot of people moved, you know, people that worked at 11 Madison Park. I'm sure you've heard of that place. Like, yeah, I've heard of that. You know, and now they're here and they open up their own restaurant. It's the best. It's the best food capital. Is it good though? Before you hate? Is it good? I mean, it's great. Like, I like everything though. Like, Last night, my wife and I ordered Taco Bell at 10.30 and oh. fucking lost our minds. Dude, it's candy. <laughs> I go so long without fast food. In between, when I have fast food, it tastes like can- – it doesn't taste like food. It tastes like candy to me. It's the great – it was the greatest thing. I was like, how is this so good? I was like, how is Taco Bell such – just a phenomenal, unbelievable food? And that's why I like – like people like like Maddie Matheson, like he, he came on and like folks like David Chang, like chefs and people who are cooks who – who admire fast food i'm like you get it you get it because like fast food like okay what's your chain pizza that also by the way it goes exactly with what you said before about fashion it's like this is the thing that you like you enjoy this so why would you be ashamed for liking this um my what's my fast food yeah okay so for for me i know you probably don't consider fast food but what i missed the most moving from new york to la was shake shack i love shake shack like love meyer st louis represent it's unbelievable is that true Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So Shake Shack opened the up. The culinary hotspot. <laughs> Shake Shack opened up. I used to live in West Hollywood in LA. Shake Shack opened up blocks from my house, which was an absolute nightmare for me. But it was so funny at the beginning, there was huge lines. There's huge lines when you go down to Manhattan too, but it's like, there was huge lines and it slowly died down. And then it was like the normal, the, the people who like go and like, I got the app when I was a little bit older, like to, you can order before and pick it up and I used to, I, I, I loved it so much in New York that I know it's considered higher end fast food, but that's the one where I'll get my chef burger, I'll get my fries and I'm lactose intolerant. But I knew, if I knew I was home for the rest of the day, I get, I get that <laughs> milkshake, I go home and no one is the wiser. Um, and it's like, I, that's the one I miss the most. But when I was a kid or when I was in Manhattan, it was Wendy's and I learned how to get different items on the dollar menu that would, because I had a drink at home, of different menus on the dollar menu that would keep me under a certain amount of money. And then McDonald's would always be the double cheeseburger meal or the quarter pounder meal. And then I'd get a small chicken nuggets and I'd get all the different dipping sauces and dip everything I bought into all of the, like get the sweet and sour barbecue and then I would get honey, which was a New York trick I used to do. Yeah, If you ask for honey, I don't know if they still do this. I haven't been to McDonald's a long time, but so I used to dip everything into that honey and then dip like, and be like a mad scientist. Um, But wait, McDonald's did the Ben Schwartz meal. Yes, that is that is a very fake thing that I did. Yeah. <laughs> it is a very fake thing. I saw that Travis Scott had his own meal, and I was like, "Oh, I haven't made a, like a fun little stupid thing in a bit." And so I did that, and my car reeked for fucking like a day. Uh, th- there is a renaissance of um, chicken sandwiches uh, happening. Absolutely. I don't know if it's in New York as well. Okay, yeah, in LA, there's like Helen Ray's and there's Dave's Hot, which I love. Those yeah. are my little fun Postmates things. LA's got such good food. Like, uh, you, unbelievable. You really I'm going to tell you, it's the culinary culinary. Uh, <laughs> it's the culinary capital of the world. It's true. Uh, LA, New York. But also I tour with Thomas Middleditch all the time. And so I, anytime we go, I try to find a spot beforehand because I love food. So like Chicago has insane food. There's a place called Girl and the Goat that I love. Like, oh, okay. All these places. Hey, you have, are in on it. Oh, I can give you a list if you ever go touring like because I've been... <laughs> I've been uh, touring for me is like Thomas has his own plane. Thomas learned how to fly. So Thomas flies himself in a tiny little plane and he wants me to come with me, but I know that's how I die. So I never go with him. So I'm by myself on the plane. And then like, you know, I get an Uber to the thing. I'm by myself on the plane. I get an Uber to the hotel room. So um, it's very like lonely until I see Thomas when he lands. 
So I find my little ways. We always go to an arcade after a show. Like I'll say 70% of all of our shows after our shows, we're going to a local arcade to play because him and I love that stuff. What's your arcade game? It matters where we are. I I don't need an old school one, but we play like a lot of racing games we like to play uh, when we're with each other. Oh, okay. I I would have pegged you X-Men or Tekken or something. Oh my God, I love X-Men, love Simpsons for a player, of course. If we're talking about like going to Button Mash or going to any of the, I forget what the New York equivalent is. It's like uh, I, uh, I'm i in heaven. Uh, pin, a couple pinball games. I'll even play that terrible hologram game that's impossible to win where you're like a little <laughs> cowboy. I forget what it was called. Yeah. Um, but it's like I, um, it's like a fun release for us, you know, and all that stuff. But I've been to – so that's where I used to try to go vintage shopping when I went to different cities to find what I can find. Um, but not for vintage clothes, just for vintage T-shirts with graphics on them. Man, I I got I got you covered. I got Yanni shirts. I got Kiss shirts. I got Eat My Shorts shirts. Oh, my Simpsons uh, collection is beautiful. Yeah, I got a Gak shirt. I got a what's Gak? It was basically like the Nickelodeon slime. Oh my god, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It would make noises when you'd mess around yeah, with it. Yeah, I know. Because you bring it to school and you make fart noises and people didn't know. And Man, what a gift. Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. It was the gift that keeps on giving. Hell yeah. What's your, so what, do you have a white whale of like, is there something that's, you've always really wanted to purchase? Because for, for clothing, even if it's older, if someone who is holding it knows how to care for it, you can wear it, you know, 15 years after it's made and still wear it well and happily. Oh yeah, I mean, all, all, this sweater that I'm wearing is from 2007, which is like, you know, it's not super old. It's, uh, we, I used to work at a. I helped start a clothing store called The Armory in New York. And oh, wow. um, this was like our private label knitwear that we did. Um, this was like, because when I was doing, a long time ago, my friends and I, I was like a, a, a crappy blogger, like fashion blogger. And then we started a clothing company and the clothing company did okay. And then I basically, um, I'll, I'll tell this story very quickly because I want to be No, I want to hear the whole thing. Um, so I'm, I was also a watch writer, and I went to... Wait, what a, does that mean? I'm sorry. What does a watch writer mean? Uh, like, I wrote about watches, like timepieces. Oh, pieces. excuse me. <laughs> well, it was because no one else was writing about it, and I'm not a good writer, but I'm just... My my skill set is I'm there at the right time. And <laughs> That's not true, but that's lovely. And, and so... Um, I go to this dinner with uh, Natalie Portman and Aline Kashishian. By the way, Natalie was, Portman, the nicest, the best. Right? She Love was her. super. And so, like, I'm there. All these other people are there. They're all, like, fawning over her. I had never been to, like, like bigger, like, fancy, fancy press stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm there, and this woman comes up to me, and I was wearing, like, a scarf and, like, one of the shirts. Like, I, I you know, I tried to dress up to look nice. Of course. And this woman's like, oh, she's like, I love your scarf. I love your jacket. You know, this like, that's a great look. And I was like, oh, and she's like, where's it from? And I was like, oh, this is m- my brand. My friends and I, we made this. And she's like, really? She's like, oh, she's like, well, you know what? You know what? I'm, I manage Natalie. Let me bring her over here. Let, let me have you meet her. And she's like, my name's Aline. And she pulled the L.A. sort of like, hey, if you're ever in L.A., let me know. I'd love to find a way to have, you know, have your, uh, some of your clothes on some of my clients. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I didn't realize this, but like she manages, well, still like Jennifer Aniston, Orlando Bloom. Oh, like, wow. She was like one of the founding uh, people at like Brillstein Gray. And then she left and now she runs Lighthouse Management. And So just from your outfit, which do you think it was rather exceptional that day or no? No. I, I think, to be honest, it was because I was in the corner of the room where no one was talking to me, and I looked like an idiot. And it's funny, because I found, on we have these stupid Google Homes in our house, and it showed a photo of me and Natalie Portman, and I'm, and I'm like, <laughs> like such a jughead. <laughs> and it was like, 
Uh, what are the last pair of COVID kicks you bought? Oh, okay. Um, first of all, the the SN the sneakers app is not very kind to me. Uh, let that be known. Uh, the last pair of sneakers I got were a gift from Jeff Fowler, who's the director of Sonic, who's a huge sneakerhead, huge sneakerhead, and he got me the Fire Reds. I think they're fours, right? Whoa, there you go. Yeah. Okay. And he got them all. He got one pair for himself off the sneakers app, and then he got a pair for, and then he got a pair for me uh, as a wrap gift for him. He's a huge Star Wars guy. Yeah. As a wrap gift for him, I found this gentleman uh, that makes. Uh, makes custom toys death by toys is the account and i got them to make an old kenner action figure that looks like jeff and i got him to put it in a star wars case and seal it and that guy did an incredible incredible job so i gave him that and then he he loved it and then he got me those sneakers because he knows uh the fire reds i i just missed out on the sneakers uh on the sneakers app but that, that's uh, those are that's a lot. Oh, I guess I bought a pair of, of Simpson sneakers from Vans because I love the Simpsons, but I haven't worn those just because. Uh, yeah, but I had that. Those the Fire Reds are the last ones I got. You were at a basketball game with Billy Crystal, Adam Sandler, and KG. Well, listen, is- I was at a basketball game with Billy Crystal. It happened to be that Adam Sandler and Kevin Garnett were sitting next to us. But I just because I did a movie with Billy and I became yeah. really close to them and I love him to death. So he'll take me to whatever. But the funny part is I played basketball with Sandler maybe five times, maybe four or five times, uh, once or twice at Gary Shandling's place. And then um, I was filming House of Lies at Sony and he would just play on His the court there. Yeah. at Sony. So I would go shoot around in between like if I had time and he'd be there playing. Dude is a good basketball player and works. The thing I couldn't believe is that was a time when he's like getting paid 20 a pop for movies. And he's going hard. Like, I'll be guarding him and he's bashing. He, like, I get afraid to really play hard when I'm filming because if I turn my ankle, then I screwed over everything. He, I couldn't believe how good he was and how hard he worked. I loved it. Um, but I, so like, I had to be like, hey, man. And I always get so nervous when I know I'm saying hello to someone that I know I've met a couple of times, but they're very famous. So they meet everybody a billion times. So I always like try to almost come at it with like, you don't know me, like, hey, man, hey, I'm Ben. And like, oh, and then like the people that remember me be like, hey, what's going on, man? How are you? And the people that don't will be like, nice to meet you, Ben. And I'm like, great. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> but he remembered. He was very lovely. Oh, and Kevin man. Garnett just, to, I literally went like, I didn't have the balls. I was like, but I, I'll tell you this. There's a, I'm friends with a couple NBA athletes um, who have incredible style um, and are lovely. And some of the people, if they're signed by Jordan or Nike, they have their own accounts uh, at Nike, and they could put you on their accounts. And yeah, one I was gonna time, say you got to get Flow Team. What is Flow Team? Flow Team is like the skater reference of when you would you would basically get paid by just getting gear. Um, it was th- th- there was a, a little bit of time that as a gift, one of the guys gave me uh, put him, put me on his like Nike uh, account, the special one, which means that you know everything is normal price, and um, uh, put some money on there for me, and it was insane. But I did the fucking. I did, I did the thing wrong. I bought all my friends things and I bought myself two things. I bought my family clothes that they would never buy because it was too expensive. I bought my friend, I bought two people their first pairs of Jordans and then I bought two pairs of Jordans for myself. So, and in the end, I got like two things and I spent the money so quick like a fucking dummy idiot. I should have I waited, but I was so excited and I got everybody else shit and then I got myself two pairs of Jordans. But the Jordans I got were, I think the black cements. And I got probably a pair of ones that were a different colorway. But now I do you StockX? Yeah. I have used I've used Goat once. I haven't done StockX. StockX is too weird, but Goat I've used once. And um, 
uh, I've put up a pair, uh, one of the pair of shoes that I got didn't quite fit me. My foot has gotten like wider as I've gotten older. I don't know if it's because maybe I gained weight or I broke my foot or some shit. So some Jordans, you must know this because you work in the thing, but Nikes run a little narrow. Yeah. Uh, Saucony runs narrow in the heel, wide in the toe box. New Balance, you can get different widths. But the the Nikes, they just grew too narrow for my thing. And I couldn't return it to this fancy app thing. So I put, I put, I co-signed one on um, the, there's a great, it must have been undefeated. And then the second I sold them, I just bought the pair that I could that would fit me and stuff like that. I was going to say, I mean, this is probably the one thing above all that you could totally use your celebrity card and people would think of you even better like i i haven't yet. autograph your kicks rarely. and sell them oh and my give sneakers the... yeah yeah no i'll throw them out there's no way no no, no. My, I'm serious. My, if i wear sneakers for a if, like they're torn to shreds who would ever want those yeah i think you you might be un- misunderstanding how much people like you no but, i don't think but think about would you buy someone's like so my black cements are it's done. a movie prop man you, it's it's the same. It's the same thing. There's this best. <laughs> Tops makes this basketball card. Um, the F, uh, I forget what it's called. It's this version of Tops that they do, and it's baseball. But then it's also like every now and then they put a comedian in it. So I got asked to be in it, and one of the things was, "Hey, we usually ask the athletes for a game worn jersey." <laughs> I go, "Game worn jersey." I go, "Do you want like something I toured with in improv?" And I go, "Yeah." I go, "I just have like American Apparel gray shirts." <laughs> And so I sent them one and they cut it out and you can get cards with my shirt in it. And I thought that was the funniest fucking thing in the world because it's just like an American apparel gray shirt. Um, I thought that was so funny, but that's the only time. I never thought about signing. But you're right. Like if I went to a basketball game, if Kyrie Irving or if like LeBron or, you know, Blake or anybody was playing basketball and afterwards they said, you want these shoes, I would do what I like. This I would yeah. I would save them forever. This is something that a guy named the shoe, shoe surgeon did. Yeah, Dom Dom's been on the pod. He he did this for I doubt he knows that I I had this, but for Sonic, Paramount paid him to make five pairs of Sonic sneakers because for some reason Puma didn't release the actual what it looks like. Uh, maybe they'll fix it for the second one. Big but, fail. Oh my god! They they released Sonic sneakers, but they didn't release the ones that he wears in the video game or the movie. So um. When I saw that happened, I, I called Paramount and I was like, is there any way I could just grab one pair? Um, and so I have one of the five pairs of Sonic sneakers. And that's why it's in a little case. Paramount put it in a little case for me. I was like a little thank you present. Dude, that's sick. Isn't here's, it cool? Here's, here's an idea that don't, yeah. do not feel inclined to do this because you probably get people pitching you weird ideas. Find a pair of your Jordans, autograph them, Ugh. and then you can auction them off. Or I'll auction whatever you want, and then give the money to uh, like COVID Charity. relief or or Texas or like people that are freezing their ass off in Texas that having their house crash. I would totally do that. I, yeah. What we do in my house is you wear them till you can't wear them anymore. There you go. Then you use them for like the if you're painting something, you know what I mean. You have those shoes that like they're destroyed where you like you're painting and blah blah blah. Yeah. And then um, so the the threes have been around the world and back with me for years. The black cements, uh, and on stage, perform and tour. And the uh, if I haven't thrown them out yet, I don't have the box for them anymore because this is you don't, even more, you don't need them. This is even nerdier. And Jeremy, you're gonna love this. <laughs> you're gonna love this. What I do, I have like little memory boxes where like I put like you know like props from shows or like letters that someone sent me. Like you know if a director writes something kind to me after a shoot. Or like, you know, memories of like where I've been with people and stuff like that. I'll put it in there. Um, 
And what I use for boxes are the boxes of my Jordans. And so I have all the boxes of my Jordans because I didn't have my first pair of Jordans till Blake Griffin uh, gave me my first pair of Jordans that I ever had. So I never had, I never, because when you're a kid, they're too expensive. So yeah. like you can't have it. And then when you're grown up, you don't think about it because you never had them. And then when Blake got me, um, I have his version of the ones. He gave me his, he has versions of the one, the ones that are red that had the BG on them. And then he helped me out and got me uh, my first uh, straight up Jordan ones. And then, um, then I started being like, oh my God, I could do this now. I could buy Jordans. So I have yeah. the boxes of those and, um, and that's where I put all my memories in. So downstairs from the past, you know, whatever years of my life, it started with old Timberland boxes because they were big. And then it started to become all my basketball sneakers. So I don't have any of the boxes because I use them for memories. But if you want to figure out a way to do this. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, this is the last question I want to ask because Please. no one talks to you about this, but you subtly mention it here and there. How did you get into typewriters? Oh, my God. By the way, that's one of two that I own. Yeah. So, oh, my God. You asked, you asked an incredible question that I've never answered before, but I will give you the answer, even though it's kind of embarrassing. And also, none of this is a flex. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start this story by I don't mean to brag. And the people that I'm about to mention... I'm assuming they'll be fine with me chatting about it. So um, it was my birthday two years ago, three three years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, J.J. Abrams, who I did that TV show with, who's lovely, um, one of the things he uses, it says like American Typewriting Company on the outside of his thing. It's almost like a hideout where it's cool. Where yeah, you think for you Bad into Robot. That. Yes. And yeah. then you go into Bad Robot and it's gorgeous. I, I'm very close with J.J. I think of him as a prodigy, as an incredible human being. I love him. I wrote his son's college, um, except, you know, like the college recommendation letter. Like, I love his family. I love him very much. Henry, Henry is his kid's name. He's like a little brother to me. I love him. So it was my birthday, and I really wanted a typewriter. And in his office, he has all these old typewriters. Never told this story before, by the way. <laughs> so um, I'm assuming it's fine. And so, um, so I say, hey, man, I want to get a typewriter for my birthday. I want to buy one. I don't want you to get me anything. I just want you to tell me where you get yours. And he goes, this is so weird. We've had them at the office for so long. I have no idea where we bought them from. Um, you know, let me ask somebody if they can help out. And I said, okay. And I get an email from this random dude. And he's like, um, and I can see that JJ and him were going back and forth. And then he goes, hey, Ben. Uh, and so he goes, this is my friend. He, he'd probably be helping get a typewriter. I said, okay. And the guy writes, he got like this, you know, weird email address. And he, he writes back, um, uh, well, what are you looking for? And I said, <laughs> well, you know, like, uh, like, I want to I want to feel like I'm using an object the same way it was used 60, 80, 100 years ago. I love the idea of the reason why I love typewriters is I'm using something the same exact way it was built to be used that long ago. I'm creating something that will create a unique thing, almost like a piece of art. I know it's not. We're writing stupid letters. Gil has gotten 30 letters. He's so sick of me. I use my typewriters a lot. So like I've written as I pretend that I'm Gil from the future and the only way that he could correspond. <laughs> so I have like old parchment paper to make it look old too. I've written, I've written as LeBron James to Amir Blumenfeld, like being like, hey man, I saw you said something mean about me on Twitter. Like I've, and I've written as like deceased celebrities before that Melissa McCarthy movie came out. And so, um, so this person goes, what do you want? And I told him, I was like, I really want like, a, I want like an old, cool typewriter that like, I don't need it to move a lot. I'm not going to be moving it around. I just want it to, I want to hear like, and I want to, and so, so nice. The dude was so nice. Never met this guy before. 
Um, and uh, JJ gets taken off the email, right? And he goes, all right, you got it. No problem. Um, uh, he goes, you know what? I actually have one for you. Why don't you come by my office? And then I look at the bottom of the email because it's been signed as T and it was Tom fucking Hanks. Oh. And Tom, and so I, he goes, I go to his office, never met him before. He's maybe my favorite actor of all time. I go to his office. He wasn't in the office at the time, but he had, he had left this typewriter with his wonderful assistant, Nicole. And in the typewriter was a letter from Tom Hanks explaining what this typewriter was, how I'll never need another typewriter. And then Nicole was lovely and said, um, you know, I'd gone back forth with Tom Hanks, barely knowing it was Tom Hanks. And then um, she said, yeah, you can respond also if you want to respond. So him and I have had a correspondence for years over letters um, that, w- that we wrote. And then he bought me, and then he gave me paper to make this gorgeous paper. Um, and then I have since bought my own um, typewriter since. But it started with me emailing JJ to, so I can buy my own. JJ put Tom Hanks on an email chain. I had no idea it was him because his email isn't tomhanks at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> so I had no idea it was him. And he was so kind. And then when I found out it was him, I got so, I was like, oh my God. Then I went to his office and his assistant was lovely. And there, and this, this exact typewriter was waiting for me with a letter from him in it. And she said, if you want to respond, here's the address. And you know, you can, he would love to chat with you. So I've been going back and forth with him for years, um, writing wow. unique letters. And I've never told, uh, I've never told a public forum that before, but you, you're, because you're the first person that has ever asked about my typewriters. You and, got the exclusive, Jar. And that that that's where, that's where we'll end it. Ben, thank you so much from the absolute bottom of my heart. You're the best, man. I'm so kind. This is I literally uh, I, I stupidly did very little research. I did it because you emailed saying you're friends with Adam, and then Adam. I mean, I've known my whole life, and then when he said fashion, I got a little bit nervous, being like, "What am I going to do? I'm going to waste this dude's time." No, you're great. And then I was like, "Wait for me to do when we're doing press, and I'm in. Let's do it." And you literally emailed at the perfect time, and I was like, "Let's do it." I am so thankful that I did this. And anytime you want to chat and chat and do this again, um, you have my email address. It is. It would be my pleasure to continue dialogue. Thank you. Thank you. It, it was. It. I. I. I really can't thank you enough. It meant a lot to me. All right. All right. Take care, man. Bye, buddy. You've been listening to Blamo. Our show is produced by Blamo Media. Our associate producer is Jason Schwimmer. Maddie Franklin is in your DMs and running our socials. And big boy Brendan Finn cuts it up and edits the show. Theme music is, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you want to find us online, type in the old Google. And no, we don't make toys. You can find us on Instagram at Blamo Podcast. Do us a favor. Leave a review on whatever app you're listening to us on right now, unless you're driving. If you can't stop and need all that hot content, join us on Patreon for tons of exclusive episodes, our private Slack group, merch hookups, and all the fun you can ever imagine in the entire world. I'm Jeremy Kirkland. I love you all. I'll see you next week.